everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. It's Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and like usual, I'm joined today by Richard. What's up this week, Richard? Hey, Seth, what's going on? Uh, not much, not much. Did you have a, a good weekend? I spent all weekend grinding arena, Seth. <laughs> Well, that is a perfect segue, because our top topic, or first topic, I guess, for the week, is actually MTG Arena. So, we've played Arena, it has finally happened, the NDA is over, it's public knowledge, so we're going to start off this week talking Arena, then we're going to talk a bit of Dominaria. There haven't been any crazy constructed cards, really, to come out since last week, but we want to talk about the promos and the card frame, and some of those aspects of Dominaria, and then we'll wrap things up, like usual with some fish mail. So, Richard, first off, what is your initial take now that you've played Arena? Give me your overview. I I think my overview is the same as my preconceptions, which is the magic gameplay itself is really, really, really good. Like, uh, I don't know, a hundred times better than Moto. Maybe that's too much. Maybe three times better than Moto. But the outside of the gameplay aspects uh, are still very lacking. The economy is kind of crummy. Kind of the progression and how you... How you progress your account and character feel very weak and the gaming aspects of it. But I really enjoyed the gameplay. I actually played somewhere between five and ten hours. I, I had like 40 or 50 wins. Uh, games are really fast, so it's not as much as that sounds, but I, I lost track of time playing Magic Arena. I don't know how long I spent, but it was actually really fun. More fake standard than I played uh, <laughs> real standard in the past uh, couple months. I mean, I I guess that's a good thing then, at least in some aspects. I've played a little bit, not as much as you. I played it for the stream on Thursday, and then after that, I didn't play it anymore. So for me... I thought the gameplay was actually, in general, really fun. Uh, There's some more in-depth stuff that we can talk about. Like, I'm a little worried about how it would work on a tournament level. I don't know if you've run into any of this, but I ran into, like, stuff that's kind of second nature. And maybe it's just that I play Moto so much, I know how to do it. But stuff like, uh, I wanted to... I I attacked with one of my horrible limited creatures, because that's all you get, really. And it untaps a creature when it attacks. So I wanted to, like, tap my pinger, and then in response to that trigger, but it wouldn't let me do it. It just, like, skipped right past that. Have you run into anything like that where you're like, this is really fun, it works really well in, like, 98% of the situations, but if I was playing Pro Tour level, stacking a bunch of triggers and getting tricky, like, have you run into any of those issues? I think I ran into one or two, but I'm still going to chalk it up to I don't know what I'm doing. I think if you go full control mode, uh, it should work correctly. Uh, I know I, like, attacked with all creatures and didn't exert my creature. You actually, there's, like, this arrow thing that comes up and you got to click it. That's really weird. Or one time I wanted to activate something pre-combat, like, beginning of combat step to attack with, and then... Uh, I just skipped right over it. <laughs> so, but I, I think that's just me being unfamiliar with the system. Like, it only happened one, once or twice through, like, hundreds of games, or tens of games, actually. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, I assume it all works correctly if you know what you're doing. I haven't seen many major complaints. I think part of it is we're just not familiar with the interface and I mean, even like last week, I skipped my turn on Moto, so <laughs> <laughs> so like mechanical mishaps do happen. So I, I'm I'm not worried about that. I, I believe Wizards will fix that. Same with some cards just not working correctly, or I think I saw a, a post of like a token missing. The token was just like unknown token, but it still had the right power and toughness. <laughs> I, I assume those things will just actually be fixed, and that won't be a problem. And, like, in fairness to Arena, it is still beta, so it's understandable that it's not the finished product. So I think you're probably right. They should be able to iron out those those type of things. And I thought it was pretty fun in general. There were some little things that still annoyed me, like triggers sometimes being a little slow with the animations. I think the one that stuck out to me particularly that drove me crazy... Have you played Pirates at all? Have you played a pirate deck? Uh, I've played against pirates. Uh, well, there's like Foreigner the Coalition, the pirate tutor thing, and whenever a pirate enters the battlefield, it pings, it drains for one, basically. But you like play a pirate, and it like 
pings your opponent and then it pings you and it takes like a few seconds. So, but some of that, but in general, I was really impressed with how it played, how most of the animations worked. And uh, with the caveat that we're playing really simplistic decks, you start off with, I, I guess what you would roughly say is a medium sealed deck as far as the card pool you're dealing with. And it's really hard to actually add cards to your collection. And I think that's the big thing for me right now that has kept me from playing more of it is I think that the sealed deck thing is fun in small doses, but I just can't imagine myself playing a medium sealed deck for the next month or two to try to win enough cards to build a semi-real deck. So I think that's the most surprising thing for me is that I really thought, and I think you thought this too because we talked about it, that Wizards would go out of their way to be overly generous right now because they're wiping accounts anyway. Like, that you don't get to keep these cards. They're wiping accounts. Why didn't they just go overly generous, give people way too many cards, if anything, to get people saying nice things about Arena right now with the NDA dropping, Richard? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, but Seth, are you saying limited players aren't real Magic players? What's wrong with playing sealed for a month? <laughs> I mean, limited is fun, but the best part of limited is like the opening the packs and the excitement of the unknown. But if you like, you're just playing the equivalent of a limited deck, but you don't get any of the best parts of limited, which is drafting or opening your pool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the format a lot more when I started thinking of it as really big sealed instead of. Uh, standard because you basically have all the starter decks which is your sealed pool you open your uh, I don't know like five random packs they give you and then you have to build the best possible deck and once you look at it like that it gets a lot better <laughs> and then you know when it's gonna be like oh opponent has two Tetsamox huh I guess it's over like uh, his bomb you know cannot be beaten or you know stuff like that right so it actually does feel like sealed but to your point I, I felt kind of the biggest knock on uh, arena is the progression and I'm not complaining that I don't have a tier 1 standard deck uh, you know 5 days after release it's just I, I literally played I won 50 matches and after those 50 matches I literally got one uncommon to add to my deck and I chose black white vampires because it's a deck that doesn't require a lot of mythics or rares right it's, it's just like a lot of uncommons commons and a couple of rares where something like dinosaurs which i actually want to play is just nothing but rares and mythics so that's like unattainable but even after so many matches and winning the rewards and stuff i couldn't add a single card to my deck and that's just frustrating like why am i playing if i can't even progress my deck i'm not getting anything so the progression and gaming aspect i think is pretty bad and i think wizards needs to give us something either give us gold when we win uh, give us, I, I don't know, like maybe portraits or card backs or something, like maybe another currency that, that gives you stuff like that. But give me a reason to play beyond the bare minimum 15 wins to get my weekly rewards. Because currently, as it, as it exists, like there is no point to playing anymore because you actually do get nothing. Uh, that, like playing this makes you realize how bad cracking packs is. <laughs> You know, we, we've told players since the beginning of time, never crack packs. And that's that's with the benefit of being able to sell the cards you don't need. Now you can't even sell the cards you don't need. You can open packs. You know, all commons are basically useless. Uh, On-color on mythics can also be useless because they may not fit your archetype. And uh, you also need, you know, a play set of them. You need 16 mythics for a deck. You need, like, 20, 30 rares. Your mana base is rares. It, it just feels bad because you're not getting any of these cards. You're just getting a bunch of commons every time you play, and we don't use those in Constructed. So the reward system and opening packs is pretty lacking uh, as it is in the beta right now. Oh, it's crushing. I think that's the biggest reason that I haven't been playing it since I streamed is... I during the stream, I think you get a pack after it's like 5, 10, and 15 wins. So we streamed, we got our fifth win, we won our pack, we're like, alright, this is going to be sweet. We finally can get some cards to add to our deck. We open our pack and it's like Sphinx's Decree, which is the most unplayable of rares, and it's, it's just so crushing. And I know Wizard had said, oh, we don't want to have dusting, because it feels bad. And 
I can tell you now, based on my first-hand experience, grinding for several hours to win a pack, opening that pack, and getting a Sphinx's Decree, which is utterly unplayable in any format, even though Wizard says, oh, we're going to make new formats to make sure all your cards are playable, I challenge you to come up with a format where Sphinx's... Even if you can design your own (laughs) format, I don't know if you can make a format where Sphinx's Decree is a good card. So it's that was really crushing to me, and... Hearthstone, I feel like the dusting minimizes that feel bad. Like, when you crack a pack, even if you get horrible, you're obviously hoping to open something good, because that's the most efficient way to do it. You get the mythic that you need for your deck that feels great, but at least you know, alright, this pack was horrible, but I can dust all this stuff, and I got some amount of progression towards a card that I actually do need. So, the other thing with this economy that we're not even feeling the effects of now, but in the long term, it is way, way worse than it looks right now, because right now, apart from five streamers, but maybe we'll talk about that in the future, but everyone's starting on evil... Uh, even footage like everyone got the same amount of packs they got the same starter cards so everyone's starting roughly even could you imagine a year from now where you have this group of people once the final wipe is done that has been building a collection saving up their stuff and then you're the new player that jumps in could you imagine like trying to ever get enough cards to compete with people that have been playing standard for the past year and already have been like building up a collection. I don't, it seems like a huge barrier to me for someone just jumping into the game mid season. Yeah. I mean, Hearthstone has this problem and wizards will have this problem too. Like even now you can't compete. Like if that one person opened five mythics for their deck and you open five random mythics in different colors that don't go to your deck, like, you're severely disadvantaged. Like, imagine you're playing sealed, and your opponent has five on-color mythics, and you have none. Like, what are your chances of winning? Not very good. So, yeah, over time, this will just get worse and worse, and previously I said, hold on, we can't we can't do anything, you gotta wait till you get gems, and then you can buy packs, and it should even things out. Uh, but as the model is, I don't think that evens it out. <laughs> like, I think if you crack a booster box, I don't even know how many cards from that booster box will go towards your deck. It, it's it's not the same as real life, where you open it up, you sell all the cards you don't need, you get the money back, and then you go buy singles. So, you know, your, your EV was, you know, maybe minus 10, minus $20 for opening that box. Whereas in Arena, you can just literally lose the entire box if you open no uh rares or mythics for your deck and i'm just really concerned that wizards just copied hearthstone without actually thinking about it because the the makeup of a magic deck is very different than the makeup of a hearthstone deck like you need 16 to 20 mythics or something for like a magic deck you need rares as lands uh and the rest of your cards are rares with the trickle of uncommons like, that's the same as having a Hearthstone deck that's, I don't know, like, 10 legendaries, uh, you know, another, like, 10 epics or whatever, and it, it just doesn't translate well. Like, Wizards has to tailor the rewards and the pack ratios and stuff to what a typical Magic deck looks like, and uh, we use a very expensive cards. Commons are just basically not used in Magic outside of draft, yet that's what they're giving us left and right, and that's not what we need. We need rares and not just rares in general but wild cards because we need very specific rares and that's the charm of magic right you can build very different decks in the colors you can build an against the odds deck or you can build uh, aggressive deck or a control deck or whatever and they use vastly different cards even though they're in the same color uh but that just means you know any individual rare you open has a lot less value because it may not match what you're trying to do so wizards needs to make the right adjustments for this Yeah, I think I agree with you, because it seems like from the things I've read, like people actually calculating stuff out, it seems like they did try to make the rewards and the costs similar to Hearthstone. It seemed like that was what they were shooting for, but I think you're right. They just didn't take into account how much different the games are as far as the cards that you need, and that's a big deal. And I think at this point, it seems like even assuming Wizards makes packs as cheap as possible, like a dollar a pack or something, which has to be the absolute like cheapest possible uh, price they could put for real money purchases, it would still be prohibitively expensive to try to build a deck. Like I think at this point, 
it would be more expensive than Magic Online, most likely. And I'm talking about in a uh, absolute sense, not even the oh well, you can sell Magic Online cards, you can't sell your arena cards, nothing like that. I think like if you just had to try to build a deck with the current model of buying booster packs, it would probably cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars to build a tier standard deck because you're just hoping to open the right cards, which is an incredibly <laughs> ridiculously inefficient way of trying to build something. So I don't feel like this is a situation where we're just jumping the gun and once you can spend real money, it's going to solve the problem. It feels like there's some systemic issues that Wizards really needs to change. And I think the question, the big question for me is, Richard, they have been having feedback on the economy for a long time, uh, saying that it's not generous enough, it's too hard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some of it's pretty legitimate. Some of it is people probably just having unrealistic expectations, like, oh, I want a tear deck in a week and stuff like that. But they've been getting this feedback for a long time. With the dropping of the NDA, they had a big economic update or economy update that kind of like changed things a little bit. It, um, it changed around how you get the cards, but I don't think it actually made it more generous. It was just kind of like shifting knobs, like, oh, you get more rares, you get less mythics. So do you think there's any chance that Wizards actually makes the rewards way more generous? Or do they have this, like, target that they have set where this is how much money we're trying to make, this is how many rewards we can give, and while they might change the distribution like oh we'll take away some lower rarity stuff and give you another mythic in the vault but they won't make it really any more generous uh, I, I want to say they know what they're doing but I don't think they know what they're doing so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say they're not going to make it any more generous I, I think Watsy has it in their mind that the only way to make money is through selling packs which is what I don't want them to think like I want them to be thinking to monetize this game, we're gonna do things like foils, right? Maybe uh, every foil card comes with its own animation or something, right? Or you get different portraits with different text and stuff like that, or uh, speech lines. And that's how they make money, with the skins and the glamour and the extra stuff. Make cards as cheap as possible, get people hooked on Arena, and then have them funnel into the paper card game. That way it doesn't cannibalize their paper card game. But I don't think they're thinking like they're thinking Magic Online where the only way we make money is through tournaments and packs. And therefore we need to make prices high. Uh, and then therefore no one will play this and therefore this will die. Right? Like that, that's what I think they're thinking and I don't like it. Right? There are so many free to play games today that have shown skins and just random arbitrary stuff to make your character look better is enough to sustain the economy and I, I'd like to see magic move towards that where cards are as cheap as possible and you're making money off that guy that wants uh, you know all animation all foil uh, tier one standard deck right and that guy is the guy that's actually dropping a couple hundred dollars of real money just to look better and that's what's funding everything so now that we've actually played it and all this stuff we've been talking about with the economy and I kind of I think I agree with you I'm not super sold that Wizards is going to do this massive shift with the economy. I think maybe we'll see some slight changes probably because the feedback has been overwhelmingly negative to the economy, but I have a hard time imagining they're going to do this huge uh, seismic shift with the economy. So uh, with that in mind, and now that we've played it, it is your opinion on whether Arena is going to succeed, to the extent where it kills Magic Online, we're having Pro Tours on it, this is the next huge thing. Has that gone up or down? Like, now that you've actually gotten to experience, like, are we getting to the point where there's a real risk Arena is going to be Duels 2.0? It's going to be too expensive, it's not going to win over the mass people, and it's going to be the niche new player game for people that want to start out for free and don't mind grinding a ton. Uh, it's gone up in the sense that I think Magic Online is deader than ever. Uh, really? The, the, the gameplay is solid enough that I will play Arena over Magic Online, even if it somehow costs, let's say, uh, the same price as paper or, like, say, 2x Magic Online. Like, the ability to sit down and finish a match in five minutes, uh, the ability to walk away from a match. Like, for example, I'm playing a, a ranked ladder game and the pizza guy comes or something, I need to go. With Magic Online, it feels bad to drop 
from the match because you lose something, right? Because you you paid an entry fee into the league or whatever, and if you lose, you don't get rewards. Whereas with Arena, then you lose some ladder points, whatever, life goes on. So I, I feel the convenience of Arena and the speed at which you play, and it just feels good to play when you're not worrying about the economy. But the game itself, I think, is pretty good. And once they have that in place, if no one plays it, I think they can just keep dropping the price of packs until someone plays it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's not ideal, but I, I think that's enough, right? So I, I do think, uh, at least for Standard, because they're, they're saying they're supporting Standard, that Arena is the place to play Standard in the future. Do you think that the dream of GPs on Arena, Pro Tours on Arena, is that realistic? I don't... I mean, maybe, but I don't know how they would do... Like, you would have everyone show up at a Grand Prix with their iPads and play? Like, how <laughs> would you even do this? Yeah, I guess there's some some problems there to resolve, but you think the client itself could handle it. Like, you think that the actual gameplay, like, assuming they figure out how to do the logistics of it, could work. I, I think, like, for for example, Mox or whatever, they can do the top eight. Everyone can play on the client. I don't think pros would complain. I, I, I don't think it'd get to the point where some pro is like, I actually want to take this line, but Arena doesn't <laughs> let me. Like, I, I don't think that will happen. So I, I think at some point you will have high-level matches on Arena, and it, you'll see, like, magic on the homepage of Twitch or whatever, and you'll see people with dinosaur animations and stuff like that. I think that will happen eventually. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think that's definitely the goal. So we'll see. I'm a little worried that I just wish they had handled the NDA drop better. Like they knew the economy was bad. They made a change that made it look worse. Like even the perception was the change was negative leading into the NDA drop. And I don't, understand why they wouldn't have done more to try to control the narrative like either wait on the nda drop until you make some more changes to improve the economy or just improve the economy knowing that you can take it away later and at least get good press out of this because i have to say like just reading over like the magic arena subreddit and places like that it's a lot more negative feedback than positive feedback. Like nine out of 10 posts is someone complaining about arena, not getting progress and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like they maybe botched the NDA drop part of it a little bit. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe it's fine because like, let's say they gave everyone a booster box and everyone would be playing. And then their intent was to launch giving everyone like 10 packs or whatever. Then they wouldn't have gotten that feedback. So maybe it's okay that they, they went they skimped on it and got all the feedback so now they know that hey people are expecting more more progression and maybe they can fix it in time so may- maybe it's worth the upfront negative press i, I don't know but you're but, right I-, I would have assumed they would have erred on the side of being generous and then on release said haha sorry guys that was beta this is the real economy <laughs> yeah. but i guess in this sense they actually get the feedback because if it launched like this oh boy <laughs> like once you try it once you uninstall it and play hearthstone like that's it no one's gonna try it ever again no matter how many revamps you do right so you gotta get the the public launch like solid because free-to-play players are they, they're they're very whimsical they go whatever to whatever's freest right and if your <laughs> game is too hard and you don't get enough out of it they'll just uninstall you and move on to the next thing so so before we move on, uh, two last arena things. First off, uh, what's the fix, Richard? It sounds like both of us are mostly in agreement that the gameplay was pretty good and that there's a lot of potential there. The economy was really bad. Give me one or two things that you would like to see to specifically fix the economic part of the game. What can Wizards do to make this work? I, I saw a really good post on Reddit. It was saying that commons should be relegated to Hearthstone's base set where when you make an account you get a place out of every common and remove them from packs uh, that could help increasing the frequency of wild cards or just just straight up add dusting right <laughs> like just straight up have, give me the ability to quote unquote trade my useless cards for useful cards uh, I, I think something like that we, we, we talked about attaining new decks from scratch what if you have a tier one standard deck and you want to quote unquote trade it for another deck right yeah. you're playing hazard at red and now you want to play blue black control like good luck getting another like 20 mythics from scratch right you, you need to be able to have some way to convert your your hazards into cards and we didn't even talk about that right that's like impossible today 
So being able to switch around decks, because as we know, Magic players don't play one deck forever, unless you're like me in Modern, right? Most people <laughs> like to bounce around, play some janky brew they, they found somewhere, or switch to, you know, Flavor of the Week Pro Tour deck or whatever, right? So, so yeah, some way to change decks more easily would also be very helpful. Yeah, that would definitely go a long way, because I think that's one of the most uh, beneficial or good parts of Magic Online, is just how easy it is to change decks. It's even easier than paper, and it's fairly easy in paper as well, so I think that's one of the big challenges, is Arena is just fighting against so many of the things that Magic players have learned for so long. Like, don't open packs. Like, that's the worst way to build a collection. Uh, It's easy to switch decks. You can trade your cards for the cards that you need, so it's trying to overcome a lot of those things with the economy. I think that your ideas were pretty good. More wild cards is a good one. Having better rewards. I know the rewards felt really bad. Right now, you technically get a card every win, but I think only your fifth win of the day is guaranteed to be a rare or a mythic. Otherwise, it's uh, like common plus, which means like 90-something percent of the time you're getting a common that you don't need, and very infrequently you get something that's actually worthwhile. If that even change to like uncommons plus it would be a big step in the right direction uh, so i feel like there is definitely some things they could do with the rewards uh, but there's they got to do something uh, i think that the program is really gonna struggle if they don't have some sort of dusting more than what they have now because i don't i just can't imagine like what i see happening now is you grind you grind you grind after a couple of months of grinding and probably spending some amount of money to supplement that you might finally build one tier deck but then a new set's going to release or rotation's going to happen and that deck that you just spent months grinding for and spending money on to actually get it may or may not actually still be playable so if you got to start that process over and play a sealed deck for another two months to get your real deck and then new set rotation happens uh, that's that seems like something that you would do for a short period, but it's hard for me to imagine too many people doing that year after year after year after year and just sticking with it and doing it again and again, that endless grind aspect of it. Yeah, here, Here's a crazy idea I just thought of while you were talking, Seth. What if, as soon as you opened a card, it gets added to your collection and you can use any number of those in decks? Ooh. So you open one Hazaret and now you can add 99 Hazarets to your deck if you felt like it. And I think that would instantly solve a lot of things because you just naturally get more wild cards because your vault meter fills faster. And as soon as you open a Hazaret, you can now play with Hazaret by putting four of her in your deck and, you know, it, it being actually useful as opposed to the one of which you'll never draw, obviously, and uh, it, it'll just feel bad. And that would actually, in some ways, make it more in line with Hearthstone, if that's what the goal is, because in Hearthstone, you can only play one of their version of a Mythic anyway. So technically, you get lucky, you open that one Mythic, you have all of that Mythic you'll ever need, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an interesting idea. I kind of like that idea, actually. The other arena thing, real quickly, uh, there was a bit of a controversy. Wizards gave a handful, I think five streamers, including one big Hearthstone streamer, and a couple of Magic streamers as well, I'm not sure the full list, but gave them essentially X3, I think, the starting amount of cards and packs that everyone else got. Uh, Any thoughts on that, Richard? There was kind of a big uproar about it in the community. Is that good, bad, fair, unfair? Uh... It sounds unfair, but given how bad the economy is, I I don't even know that those extra packs help the streamers at all in building their decks. But wizards, wizards is they can do whatever they want, right? Like if they want to give someone a god account to promote their game, like I don't see what the problem is. Like I, I mean, I understand that the streamers will be advantaged in that they have a better deck and they'll get to the ladder, you know, get through the ladder faster. But like. So what, right? Like someone's gonna get to the last. Someone's gonna get there first anyway. It's not like you know there's some monetary incentive or something. This is not the pro tour, so I don't think it's a problem at all. I, I think it's fine that Wizards, you know, gave select streamers, not including us. I'm not salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, access to more packs. I think that's fine. They're, you know, when they release, I bet you they will give content creators god accounts and. 
should we be salty about that? Like, I, I don't, I don't think so. It's part of the promotion for the game. So yeah, I think I, I mostly agree because it's beta. I think there is a bit of a concern, especially if they end up having competitive play on there. Then you're, then I could see the unfairness argument really being a thing. Right now it's beta. It's one game matches. There's no real rewards for anything. But if when they go wide, if it's like, oh, the top however many people get invited to this tournament for a million dollar prize, then I don't know. Would you still be okay with it then if we if there was actually real prizes for being like at the top of the ladder and a handful of people got every card without paying for them while everyone else started with this economy? Uh, as long as you're able to buy packs, I think it's fair. Like, it, it could have, let's say they released with gems, and instead of giving Crip an extra 20 packs, they gave him $1,000 to promote their game. And he turned around and spent that $1,000 buying packs. It's like literally the same as giving him packs, right? So I, I don't think it's a problem as long as everyone else can pay with real money. Um, you know, and in this case, we don't have real money for the beta launch, so it was just packs so I, I don't think it's any different than them just literally paying the streamers money to promote their game and then the streamers turning around and buying packs last question the one thing I did notice that uh, I don't have a problem with it as I said like I think that promoting the game in that way makes sense I did find it a little weird that a lot of the, I think all the streamers that I heard of said that it wasn't sponsored in any way so I thought that that struck me as a little bit odd because that feels like sponsorship to me. Like if you're getting more than everyone else from the company, like, so I don't know. That was the one thing I was like, yeah, I think that in my eyes, it kind of counts at least as some form of sponsorship. Yeah. I, I, I think they just didn't understand. I, I think the rumor was crypt didn't even know they gave him extra packs. <laughs> I, like when he said that, I think what he meant was wizards did not pay me any money to play their game. I'm just playing their game because other people do pay him money to play his game. And I don't think he even realized that Watsy gave him, like, packs, but I'm not sure. But I, I think it, they just weren't paid any money, but if yeah. they got free packs from Watsy and they're aware of it, then they should have disclosed it so that people know that, hey, you know, this is not the experience you're going to see. I somehow got extra packs, right? So I, I, mean, I don't think they were being malicious or anything about it. I, I just think no. they literally did not know that they were given extra packs with their account. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think that's probably too. I don't think anyone was being malicious either. So, anyway, that's our arena discussion. Any final thoughts, Richard, before we move on to some sweet, sweet Dominaria stuff? Yeah, I really like arena. I, I know we spent the last 20, 30 minutes complaining about it, but that's just the parts we don't like. But I actually really, really like the gameplay. And I, I've played way more fake standard than I thought I've ever played. <laughs> so, I, I, and I plan on playing through the beta to see what's up so uh i don't know I'm, I'm pretty excited and i hope wizards reads all the feedback and understands their game is not hearthstone like that that's the biggest thing i hope they're not just blindly following hearthstone because their game is uh very different and i dare say superior to hearthstone if they do the economy right i gotta say too like I was more impressed with the actual game than I thought I would be. It played better. The animations in general, that was one of my concerns. They were not a problem for the most part. Uh, so overall, I was impressed with that aspect, but good God, economy's awful. Wizards, if you're listening, please. Like, I really feel like the success of Arena rides on that. Like, if they can fix that problem, I think Arena has a ton of potential. If they don't fix that problem, I think there's a legitimate chance that the game fails in the sense that it ends up falling into the to the duels of the Planeswalker space rather than being, like, the premier way to play Magic uh, in the digital form. So, so do it, Wizards. Fix the economy, please, 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 because it is super bad right now. Anyway... Dominaria, Richard, we're not talking individual cards for the most part. We are a little bit, but mostly we wanted to talk about promos and also some aesthetic stuff, new card frame stuff. So why don't you take this section away? All right, so Wizards revealed the new card frame for Legendaries. So you can see it in uh, Urza's Ruinous Blast. There's like... How would you describe the Seth? Like spikes? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, there's like a pattern or something along the top, so that when someone plays a legendary, you can instantly recognize it as uh, legendary, and then something special. What do you What do you think about the new card frame? 
I really like it, actually. It reminds me of, like, uh, like an old mirror or something. If you see, like, a mirror or, like, maybe a really cool old picture frame, how it kind of has this, like, I don't know, pattern along the top. That's what it reminded me of. But anyway, I like it. I think it's a good change. I think it looks good. I don't know if immediately recognizing a card as legendary has a ton of gameplay value, but, I mean, I think it looks good, and I think it's fine. Like, I'm fine with this change, I think, for the most part. Yeah, I really like it. Like, on certain cards, it looks meh, but on other cards, it looks, like, really good. So I actually like the new card frame, and I think new card frames inject, like, a a breath of fresh air into the game. And then it also adds value, I guess it adds value to the older cards, because now you can be like, I have like the original border normal frame without the <laughs> legendary stuff on it, so I, I like it. I mean, we've had we've had a lot of new card frame stuff with masterpieces and whatnot, and these ones definitely fall more on the the hit than miss uh, side of the scale for me. I think these are these are some of the better new card frames, and I'm glad they're experimenting with stuff like that, because I really like it, so... All right, so we uh, so we got the news that we're returning to playable cards <laughs> for F and M promos. So so no more random tokens that no one cares about. And what what Watsi has done now is they're saying we're not going to give new art because new art takes too long, and because it takes long, they gotta do it far in advance. And because it's far in advance, they have to kind of guess at what cards are actually playable. And turns out they're not good at that, given the <laughs> cards they've chosen. So what they've done now is given us another new frame for FNM promos. And they showed it on stream, and the frame is like... Uh, I, I don't know how you describe it. It's, it's kind of like shiny throughout. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's like a reverse hollow or something. I, I don't know. It, it's just... It looks really cool. And they showed us some of the new promos. We have Opt which is being reprinted in Dominaria. Uh, We have Cast Down, which is the one black destroy target non-legendary creature at instant speed. And we have Shauna, Sisei's Legacy. It's a green and a white. It can't be the target abilities your opponents control. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control. It's a legendary, so it has like double new frames. It has the new <laughs> legendary frame and then the new FNM promo foiling thing. So, Seth, what do you think about this change to FNM promos? I think it's good all around. I mean, the tokens definitely kind of fell flat. People just didn't like them. I still feel like they could have made at least more desirable tokens, if they made unstable tokens or something like that. But the way they executed it, they were just like pack foil tokens that just weren't that exciting. So I think this is a good change. I also watched the live stream. I think you watched it too, didn't you? Yep. And uh, they talked about wanting to have more fatal pushes, basically. So I feel like their heart is in the right place. Like, that was the big feedback. We want better FNM promos, and if what we need for that is not having new art and having a cool foil frame instead, I think that's a pretty good trade-off from a player's perspective. And it feels like this first batch... Opt is modern playable. The new legendaries, uh, Shoshana or whatever it is, it seems fairly powerful. And the removal spell, what do you think of this, Richard? Where does this fall on the Doomblade scale? How good is this card? Better than Doomblade, right? In modern, I think it is. There, there's more non-legendary but... creatures than black creatures being played, I, I would say. And then even of legendary creatures... Typically, you don't want to kill them because you want to keep them around in case your opponent has another of that same legendary creature in hand. So <laughs> I, I think Cast Down is the new Doom Blade if you're not playing like legendary block constructed like Kamigawa or something, right? So maybe it won't be too good for standard given the emphasis on legendary creatures in Dominaria. But I think in general and over time, Cast Down will be better than Doom Blade. Yeah, I think that right now it's better than Doom Blade in modern as it is. And I think in standard, it'll still be pretty good. Like there are a lot of legendary creatures in Dominaria, but we still have a ton of non-legendary creatures. So I think that it's going to end up being pretty good. Like Go for the Throat was a 
premium removal spell back in its day, and it's very similar. Like, it doesn't hit the kind of the main theme of the set. Go for the throat, it didn't hit artifacts. It was in uh, the return to Mirrodin block or New Phyrexia. So I feel like it's going to be a very strong card for standard, and we just we haven't had this effect. Fatal Push is a really good removal spell, but it does lose some utility in the late game in standard. You do have to have Revolt to really power it up. Uh, we haven't had just a Doomblade at instant speed in a while, so I'm definitely excited for this. I think it'll sneak into modern decks in the go for the slo- throat slot. Like, if you're the blue-black control deck that has one go for the throat, probably just slot this in over it. And in standard, I think it'll see a lot of play, too. We'll have to see, like, if we have just, like, an overwhelming number of legendary creatures that are seeing heavy play in the format. It definitely gets worse, but I think looking at our current format, I definitely imagine decks playing this. Yep. Uh, so they, we have a bunch of other promos. So Steel Leaf Champion uh, is Heart's our good. store championship promo. Green, 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 5-4. Yeah, power creep. Can't, <laughs> can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. We have Lawnmower Elves, the original mana dork. Green, 1-1, one, one, tap to out of green is your open house promo. And Zahid, the Djinn of the Lamp, 4 blue, blue, 5-6. It's a Djinn. Uh, three and a blue, tap an untapped artifact you control, uh, rather than paying its mana cost, uh, you can cast a spell, it's flying, and it's your draft weekend card. So, there are a lot of promos now, apparently, and these are the various, uh, release events and special events at your LGS around the release of Dominaria. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good thing. They are all pretty good choices, I think. or They all at least are semi-playable. The Steel Leaf Champion card seems really strong to me, especially with Lattimore Elves in the format. That is a that is a big beater on turn two. Yeah, I really like it because there is actually a point to playing a monoed color deck. I, I think Magic has gone in such a way that over the past couple of years, there's like actually no real reason. The last reason we had was Ramunap Ruins, <laughs> but like Mono Red has always wanted to be Mono Red. Like all the other colors, you would jam as many colors as your mana base allowed. And given the frequency of dual lands, that's usually two to four colors nowadays, if not five. So having a strong incentive to go Mono Color, I think is pretty cool. I think that's, like, on flavor with what, the, like, the history of Magic, it kind of takes you back. I think that Monocolor was, that kind of brings you back to your first decks where you put together Mono Green Stompy or Mono Red with Shiv and Dragon or something. So I think it works well with the set, too. And they did confirm that it's a cycle also, so it'll be interesting to see how pushed the rest of the cycle is, because that card seems pretty pushed to me. So wait, we got like Ball Lightning, Necropotence. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe not quite that pushed. <laughs> uh, one last card I want to talk about, Zelfrin Void. It's a land. When it enters a battlefield, scry one. Tap to add one colorless. That card's, that card's good. Note Very that it good. does not enter the battlefield tapped. <laughs> it comes in untapped and you scry one. That's that's what makes it good. Yeah. I will say, if you're thinking about building modern, uh, modern decks, I've heard some people like, oh, this is a strictly better waste. The reason Waste sees play in the Eldrazi decks and stuff is twofold. One is, it actually lets you kind of function if your opponent Blood Moons. Secondly, you can tutor up Waste when your opponent Path to Exiles one of your creatures. So I don't think that this card replace Waste in your colorless modern decks. I do think this card is definitely modern playable in colorless decks, but you still want some number of Waste in your deck. Is this modern playable, though? I think it is. Would you not... If you're an aggressive deck, would you not be playing Muta Vaults or, I don't know, Blink Moths or whatever? You know, whatever colorless creature land you have. And if you're any other deck, would Ghost Quarters or Field of Ruins not kind of just eat up all your colorless slots? Like, what would you cut to put this in? Which deck would play this? I think that the place I would most likely see it would be a... A, like a colorless, like the colorless Eldrazi deck, for example. I think that you can slot it into there. I don't think you're going to play a force, uh, a playset of them, but I think you can run a copy or two. I'm trying to think of what land in specific I would cut, but like the bar is just so low. Like you got double Seagate Wreckage. Like I think that maybe having one of these is better than the second Seagate Wreckage. So I don't know. I could definitely see it slotting into decks like that. In standard, if you're monocolor or even like a two-color control deck like blue-white control, there's not as much competition for those colorless slots. So I think that it will show up in those decks too. Yeah, I think it'll be 
heavily played in standard because like you said we don't have all the utility in creature lands and colorless and for commander i think this is like an auto include in any deck that can play colorless land yeah oh we forgot a promo richard we uh actually kind of a big one fire song and sunspeaker uh yes i didn't include it because we're talking about dominaria right <laughs> it's oh. only it's only available <laughs> as a buy a box promo and not in booster packs but it is standard legal it is modern legal, legal commander legal brawl legal <laughs> so if you if you don't know it's four red and a white it's a four six legendary creature minotaur cleric red instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink whenever a white instant or sorcery spell causes you to gain life fire song and sunspeaker deals three damage to target creature or player and the big news is it's only available as a buy a box promo not in booster packs not anywhere else you have to buy a box and get one of these uh, it's such a fun card. This seems like I think this is my favorite Boros Commander because it's just so different. You're not just beating down and doing the typical Boros thing. So I think this card is actually going to be pretty popular for Commander. I I don't think it's completely unplayable in Standard either. So we'll see. I'm a little nervous about it only being a promo. I I wish they wouldn't do that. They for a long time they didn't do it because they've had it backfire on them in the past releasing unique cards that way. So does that? What do you think, Richard? Does that bother you, or is it fine to have promos that are not in the set? It's bad. Um, I I don't I don't know why they would do this, especially having it be standard legal meaning people actually will, will need it for the current set and you can't buy it in booster packs. I, I don't I don't like why they did this and having like they're they're just trying to make people buy boxes. And Magic Arena has taught me don't buy boxes anymore. <laughs> don't <laughs> open packs. <laughs> uh, it just seems so greedy, right? Like they could have released it as a normal card, they could have released it as part of some like planeswalker deck or, you know, some kind of pre-constructed product. But instead, they they took a beloved type, legendary creature Minotaur, <laughs> and they they made it a buy box promo only, and they've never done this before. So I don't know why they decided to do this. And most of the community has their pitchforks out. Everyone is very <laughs> upset about this, and they've stated multiple times that they've heard all the complaining. Uh, I assume they're gonna do something about it, but uh, it just it feels bad to have a promo that is standard playable but you can't get through any normal means right because there are only so many uh of these promos out there and people already complaining that oh yeah my lgs just says oh you know they're already sold out and then they turn around and sell it on ebay and it just incentivizes all this crummy behavior which we don't want and just ah i don't like it yeah yeah i i agree with you i don't think it's a good idea to do i think this card, like, the danger is they accidentally print a card that's really good, and I think this card is better than people give it credit for. I really do think it's going to be very popular in Commander, and I definitely imagine building, like, a budget magic deck around it, if that's possible, and it's not, like, $50 a copy because because it's a Viavox Provo. But, yeah, I think in the future, Wizards should probably reevaluate doing that. If it wasn't standard legal, it would be fine. If it was also, like, in a set, or even if we knew it was coming in the core set or something, it would probably still be fine. But the fact that that's the only way you can get it just has bad, unintended consequences. I appreciate Wizards trying to help local game stores. I mean, yes, they're trying to sell more boxes. That's always Wizards' goal. But it is kind of helpful for local game stores pushing people to buy a box from LGS rather than from an online vendor or something like that. So I appreciate them supporting local game stores, but I don't think this is the best way to go about it. Don't online vendors get these promos anyway? It actually benefits them more, right? Because they don't even have to give these out. They can just sell them. I think if they have a physical, maybe it just goes by your WPN uh, level. So maybe, maybe that's true. Yeah, because like, you can't get booster boxes unless you have a physical store. Like, yeah. unless you're a WPN member anyway. And, and if you're selling like a billion of these boxes through eBay, you're probably getting a lot of these promos anyway. And then on eBay, there's no way to enforce buy a box promo, so they just sell them as singles. Yeah, I guess that's that is a good point. I think also worth mentioning it caps at sixty. So like Star City Games are the biggest vendor out there. You still only get sixty, and smaller stores get twenty or forty. So supply is not insane when you consider how many boxes are sold. It's actually going to be pretty small, I think. 
Anyway, we're running uh we're running late. Any other Dominaria thoughts, Richard, before we hit up some fish mail quick? Uh no, I think spoilers probably start next week. I think Wizards pulled a quick one on us. They said spoilers <laughs> would start two weeks ago, but they've barely given us anything, so I think spoilers start in earnest next week. Yeah, we're getting the slow trickle, so <laughs> we'll have to see. Alright, uh, time for fish mail. If you have your questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail and we'll get to your questions on air. Vigazes, also known as the king of dabbing. <laughs> if you were a fish, what fish would you be? I would be a turtle. A turtle's not even a fish. <laughs> Uh, um, what was Nemo? I don't know fish that. Uh, something that people wouldn't eat. What's, what's so Nemo, not like tuna like a, fish. A sunfish? No, that's not. How, how, I'm going to be a goldfish. That would make Goldfish is, yeah, that's a good one. I'd be scoops. <laughs> Sebastian Tan, Seth and Richard, what's the unfair thing in magic that gives you the most joy? Oh, there's too many. Blood Moon, probably. I think Blood Moon is my favorite unfair thing. Just turn one Blood Moon. I don't know if it's unfair, but I love paying life cards that's pretty unfair uh usa forever seven can you do competitive edh week on commander clash again Ooh, yeah yeah, we'll have to uh bring it back terry lamb 120 do you think it'd be a good idea to speculate on some modern ban lists due to the recent unbanning of jason bloodbraid uh mental misstep stoneforge twin artifact lands any Uh, chance any of those (laughs) unbannings i think Twin and Stoneforge would be the two that I could conceivably construct a scenario where they were unbanned. Artifact lands, definitely not. Actually, like, most of the modern ban list I think is unlikely to be unbanned, but I guess it's not a bad idea to pick up a playset of stuff that you think is possible to get unbanned. Like, I definitely regret on Magic Online not buying chases because they were, like, $8 at one point, and then they went to, like, $80. I could have just ret- retired <laughs> <laughs> off my Moto Jace money. <laughs> uh, but what if Arena kills Moto before you get to cash out, Seth? <laughs> uh, that's that's true. That would be sad. <laughs> All right. Random KO, two questions. Are you aware of any curling issues with Masters 25? And if a single from different sets had the same price in art, which set would you buy? For example, Masters 25 or Rise of the Eldrazi Ancient Stirrings? Always get the original. Actually, Masters 25 has the watermark, right? Yeah. So that might be... Actually, if it was exactly the same, no watermarks, I would always get the original. Watermark might change things. Uh, in curling issues, I have not opened any of it myself, so I don't have any first-hand experience. Uh, Alden B four six one zero. Seth, since you talk about Blizzard from time to time, which team do you root for in Overwatch League? Also, Blessed Alliance as a sideboard card for UW Spirits. Seth, do you uh, watch Overwatch League? I I do not. I am not much of a esports person outside of Magic. Honestly, what do you talk about Blizzard then? Hearthstone. Probably Hearthstone. I have played Hearthstone and do play Hearthstone on occasion. Not very much, but yeah, that's that's the only Blizzard game I've ever played. I've never played any of the other ones, actually. And what was the other question? Blessed Alliance as a sideboard oh. card for UW Spirits. Yeah, it seems actually better than it was now with Infect and Boggles kind of being a thing again. So yes, I think putting a copy or two in the sideboard is a fine plan. All right. Uh, <laughs> Master Laka. The best Blood Moon hate is basic lands. <laughs> Not close. <laughs> uh, that is true. That's true. Uh, NP Burn, as a returning player trying to be competitive and learn the legacy and modern meta, is it a bad money to spend? Is it a bad idea to spend money in Mono right now? Specific, specifically, legacy elves and modern Boggles. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I think if there's any moto issues with arena which based on everything we talked about today who knows how soon that would even be a thing if it is i think it would be more standard so i would not feel at all uncomfortable buying a a modern or a legacy deck on magic online because if that ever comes to arena it's got to be five years plus like it's got to be a long time if it ever happens yeah i think modern and legacy are pretty safe one complaint about arena is why with this patch they didn't do full standard 
if they actually design the system from ground up, it should take minutes to add a new set, not months. If it's actually taking weeks or months to add a new set, we'll never see modern or legacy on this platform. So they, they should have built it in such a way that it takes like hours, if not minutes, to add a new set on Magic Arena. And that's not even mentioning. Could you imagine trying to get the cards <laughs> to build a modern or a legacy deck for the current economy? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Moose1986, longtime listener first-time texter in regards to stopping cheating at high-level events do you think cameras under the table looking up to see each card as it's drawn or scribed like you see in professional poker would help cheating no i don't think so because i don't think it would be practical to do that at all the tables but i do think that would be a good addition to feature matches not for cheating but just for coverage yeah i think for coverage it's a big deal like if they just knew every card in the deck and when a card is drawn you don't have to have that guy like trying to peek over the shoulder like typing in his ipad like what the card is you would know exactly what is drawn what when it's drawn at all times and then you can actually detect cheating from that but just having like some special versions of the cards with sleeves that don't glare with some kind of chip in them to you know figure out what card it is i think would greatly increase coverage uh, one epic pug. Is there a good shell for days undoing in modern? Seems powerful to me, yet only I see one or two in affinity sideboards. Not really. I've seen it in some turns decks, some as foretold decks, but I haven't really seen a deck that just straight up breaks days undoing. All right. M Honkly Lips. Hey guys, I'm currently building a Rogar of Care Keep EDH deck. Planning to combo off with zero-cost kobolds in Cloudstone Curio. What's the worst legendary creature you built an EDH deck around? How'd it turn out? Oh, hmm. This is hard. I've built this is... some pretty bad decks. <laughs> this is especially hard for me because I don't usually build around commanders very much. I usually, like, build a deck and then just stick in a commander at the end that fits the color identity. So it's very rare that I actually build around the commander's ability. Or even cast the commander. Yeah, like... We, when we do the period pieces and we use some like really old like legends commander <laughs> just for the right colors <laughs> yeah it's like a eight mana three four that's all it does <laughs> uh kyoji takenochi how long are your commander games i always hear people complain about their three hour games when i can fit three to seven games in the same time does my Whoa. play group play faster than average by the time you read this on air it's my birthday happy birthday uh well happy birthday to you and um i think two hours is maybe like hour and a half to two hours is probably average for commander clash yeah i think an hour and a half to two hours if a game ends in less than like half an hour we usually play a second one so i think usually one to two hours is about right three to seven games in three hours is really fast like people are dying on turn two or turn three I, I guess it might be true that we play pretty janky decks, too, so maybe if everyone's playing, like, really competitive combo Killian turn three decks, that, I could kind of see that if everyone was playing those style of decks. Yep. Uh, Luke Knight 911. Seth, when do we get to see our next Planeswalker Tribal deck? Seems like 12 Moon could turn into Chandra Tribal. It was close. It definitely could have played more Chandra's and been Chandra Tribal. We're uh, we're about due. I think we'll hit another one uh, on the Against Odds poll before Dominaria releases, and we start doing all the Dominaria stuff. So sometime in April before the set release. Seth, we forgot a topic for this week, which Fishmail has highlighted. Oh. <laughs> Is Brawl the solution to the high-value reprint problem in Commander Watsi has been looking for? by giving us a uh, starting a new format where it is not a factor. No pressure to reprint doubling season when it will never be in standard. So Brawl is the new commander format, which is basically commander with standard legal cards, 60 card decks, no commander damage, 30 starting life? Is that it? Mm, yes, yeah. I think that's right. I actually think... So this might come across as harsh, but I actually don't think that Brawl is going to be much of a success. <laughs> I think I think it'll be fun. We've played Standard Commander, and it's fun. I think it is geared towards Arena, and having a Commander format that can work on Arena. I think that's a big motivation for printing it out. But I actually don't think it'll be anywhere near 
Commander in terms of popularity. I think it'll be a very fringe format popularity-wise. Seth, you are so old school. (laughs) (laughs) I have information, inside information, that Brawl is a smash hit because we already have hundreds of decks on the website in the Brawl format. (laughs) People are excited for Brawl. I I don't know why, right? I think it's people, they play Standard... And then they want to play Commander, but they don't want to go buy, like, literally, like, 80 new cards to build a deck, right? So they take their standard staples and build an EDH deck out of it. And there are a lot of people excited about Brawl. Like, just looking on the website, so many people have submitted decks. More so than, like, anything, like Arena Standard, uh, you know, like, the, the Popper stuff. Like, Brawl is really popular on the website right now. So I actually think Brawl will take off, even though people are kind of dubious uh, about uh, the intent of Watsi. Like, oh, they're just doing this to push packs or whatever. But I think player access to old cards is a real issue, even if they're cheap cards. Like, having to buy all these singles, even if they're a dollar each, is a big pain when you can just basically take all your draft leftovers, all your standard decks, and build a EDH-style deck I think people are looking for. Interesting. Well, I mean, I hope it succeeds because, like I said, we've played Standard Commander and I've always had fun with it, so hopefully it's actually a popular thing. I don't think it can... uh, It can't hurt, I don't think, so... Yeah, I guess we'll see. I think that I feel like it might not have that much replayability. That was always my impression of Standard Commander, is you play it and it's really fun, but I imagine at some point you're going to be like, man, I really miss my Soul Rings and my Signets and... Like, the other cards that I associate with Commander. Yeah, I don't think it'll replace Commander, but I think it can be uh, a good starting point for a lot of people, and I think it's not too expensive to keep around a Brawl deck if you're a standard player. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Nick Goulian, what is the biggest misconception people have about either of you? Uh, that I started pl- <laughs> playing Magic and Theros. What? That, that's the actual <laughs> truth. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what conceptions people have of me, so I, I don't know what misconceptions there are. So uh, maybe you can list your conceptions of me in the comments, and I'll tell you if they're true or not. <laughs> I'm also not a, actually a fish. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Wait, I don't know the answer to this. Is this a setup? Seth, what's your favorite set that was released in September of 2013? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that Theros? What is September 2013? Uh, yes, it's Theros. Uh, I I I guess it's Theros. <laughs> I mean, Heroic was your favorite deck of all time, right? <laughs> the Heroic was like my least favorite deck from Theros. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's getting worse now. Now it's not just Theros, but also Heroic. Oh. Uh, Colby, we seven eight one nine two eight three five. That's a very specific sequence of numbers. Do you think a mechanized production Panharmonicon deck would be too janky? Uh, it would be pretty janky. I think it would be fun. I don't know if it would be competitive. It's really rough with the braids. That's a a tough plan to rely on. But it seems like it could be a ton of fun. So I say build it. All right, one epic pug. Jace the Mind Sculptor and Corso Crew Fix are two great cards that go great together, but not many Jace decks seem to play green. Why? I think everyone associates Jace with control, so that's where people have started out, is just jamming Jace into control decks, like you saw in Standard or see in Legacy. So I think we'll see more experimentation with decks like that as Jace is in the format for six months, a year. So I think we're just like on the Tier 1 Jace decks right now, and we'll get to trying more of those things eventually. All right. Uh, AntCook91, what's the best way for 8WAC to beat a Warship Lock? Big board wipe or splash a second color like green for something like destructive revelry. Uh, I'd probably just splash. I guess if that's if you're getting worship locked, I would just splash green. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob Boberson the third last podcast. You joked about Watsy determining formats by what's available in Arena, but with the announcement of Brawl, it seems Arena's getting its own versions of formats based on its card pool. What do you think? Conspiracy theory, Seth? Coincidence? Oh, it's. I think it definitely is tied to Arena. Like, I maybe they would have done it anyway, but they've talked about wanting more formats on Arena. It lines up with Arena, so I think that Arena definitely was a big reason for Brawl. Although it definitely doesn't bother me. I think it's a good thing. Like, I, I would be more concerned about changes to c- the cards that are being printed or things like that for the sake of Brawl, not for extra formats being created. Yeah, I, I don't. 
I don't agree for the Brawl in specific, but when we see the next Frontier, <laughs> that will be because of Arena. But I think Brawl was bound to happen anyway. Like, standard legal, everything will happen. Eventually, you're going to have standard Popper, if that can even be supported. <laughs> Maybe not, like, modern Popper, not standard Popper. But you're basically going to shrink the card pool as the card pool gets larger. So I think standard Commander actually makes sense. I think the Popper thing is definitely happening because they actually specifically mentioned that for Arena popper with the arena card pool which is standard so yeah uh Rath's back does wizards care if master sets are sold below msrp as long as your distributors are buying all of what they print standard is always sold below msrp mm1 was sold above msrp uh that hurt wizards they should save design costs and reprint mmm 300 dollars a box seems fair um i don't think it selling below msrp is necessarily a bad thing but selling for like at one point, Iconic Masters was like half of MSRP, like 120 bucks for a $240 box. I don't think that's necessarily where Wizards wants to be. Yeah, I think they care in the sense that it hurts the branding. Like, it's supposed to be a premier product, yet it's being sold at, like, discount prices. So it hurts in that aspect, but in the sense that it's if it's still being sold and people are selling it, it's fine to Wizards' bottom line, but it's it's giving the wrong impression of the brand and the image, and then it's going to hurt the next master set. Uh, like, why buy uh, Masters 25 when you expect it to hit iconic Masters prices in a couple months, right? So they don't want that kind of impression going around. Uh, all right, that's all of our fish meal for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, you remember you can send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MDGFishmeal. Oh, well, I think that brings us to the end of episode 165 of the Goldfish Podcast. So next week, I know we promised Dominaria spoilers this week. We got tricked by Wizards. Next week, I really do think will be the official spoiler season. So we should have much more Dominaria to talk about then. So anyway, Richard, thanks for hanging out. Always fun. Yeah, always a pleasure, Seth. And thanks to everyone for listening. So this is the Goldfish Podcast crew signing out. We will see you next week. Bye.